bitches. Welcome back to Jabber. I'm your host, John O'Madison. And today we have a very special episode. Today's episode is talking about sex work. And today I have with us a very special guest, which we're going to protect their identity because this is considered still illegal here in America. I want you to please welcome Javier. Hello. Nice to speak with you. Yes. So I wanted to touch base with you on um, the legalization of sex work a little bit later, but I just want everyone to get like a little idea of who you are and what you do. Can you tell us a little about your fantasy? (laughs) My fantasy. Um, Well, I've been in this industry uh, for since for about 10 years. I've done this full time for 10 years. I am. Um, when I started, we didn't use the term sex work. That's something that, that came about in, in the past few years. Yeah. Uh, not quite sure how I feel about that term, but I, I understand that it's, um, you know, they use the term sex work because mm-hmm. the other term that they use prostitution is actually very degrading. Yeah. So, um, and I understand that for legalization purposes that they, um, you know, they, this term is, is more uh, politically correct and, and in line with um, where we are now with society. But when I started, we called what I do escorting. And um, I've done this for about 10 years. I'm also a masseur. Um, and, you know, it's been life-changing because I've got to see I've got to travel around the world. I've got to meet so many different types of people from so many different walks of life. And I've also been able to kind of see behind the veil Mm -hmm. of people's lives, people's, people's darkest desires, people's needs, people's vulnerabilities. I see people's vulnerabilities every day. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of responsibility that comes with what I do. So yeah, it's been a wild ride for these past 10 years can you tell us what is the difference between escorting and sex work well it's basically the same thing it's just a different term um to me what i do is beyond just sex creating intimacy Mm -hmm. and intimacy can be anywhere from companionship to massage to just even sitting and, and listening to people's most you know intimate or vulnerable thoughts or people's secrets you know i have done more sitting on a couch and listening to people and talking to people than i have being in bed Mm -hmm. you know i think that um i almost feel like i'm a sex therapist yes if i really had to define what i do is is i would say i am a sex therapist because i think Another part of what I do is people that are um, that are not comfortable with their own skin or their sexuality, and they're afraid. They don't know who to explore it with, or how to explore, or what to do. I mean, it just there's so much of that out there, and I've created a safe space for people to explore that, understand it, learn about it, feel comfortable. It just even connecting with another man in any capacity. So um, there's a lot of psychology involved. Um, as far as the verbiage, it's the same. Um, I wish sex workers sounded a little better. It's such a technical yeah. sounding, it sounds so technical, but you know, I'll take it. I feel better, like than, better than being called a, a prostitute. Yeah. <laughs> like you've fallen in yourself into like more of an an escort because it's not just about sex right yeah you know I've if it was just about sex I wouldn't have lasted this long yeah yeah I think that people um sex and and a hot body can only do so much I think people want to feel safe in your energy so I think I have I pride myself in being able to say that I have provided that for thousands of people throughout the years is a safe place, safe place. That's amazing. 
So how did you come into this career? I actually used to work in, in the corporate world. And one of my best employees was, in fact, an escort. I used to work in um, for a marketing firm. And one of my girls that worked for me, who was like, she was like my top girl. She was highest sales. I mean, her productivity was through the roof. This girl was part-time, but the work she produced and the number she brought in for part-time could cover somebody that was a full-time and a half. Wow. Yeah. So she had this amazing ambition. And the one thing that was really interesting about her is that none of us understood why she, you know, because I, I knew, obviously I hired her and I hired her. I knew what she was paid. So I never understood how she could, you know, walk into the office with Chanel bags and Louboutin shoes and designer clothes and jewelry and where she lived. It was always a mystery to me and other people. Yeah. Um, but, you know, obviously I, I never, I never pressed it. I, I had suspicions because I saw that she had two phones, um, but I never pressed it until um i actually had resigned you know until years later i you know had resigned from that company i decided to to resign and i was at a point in my career where i had just been in the corporate world for so long and i had climbed the ladder and it just wasn't my passion anymore it wasn't what i signed up for in the beginning it was less about artistry and being creative and it was more about just being you know an HR witch, really. So I resigned from my job. I, you know, I had a bunch of benefits and I had all these, you know, perks that had come with, with, with my job. So I took a year to just kind of like figure out what I wanted to do. And I had friends that I knew were, were escorts and I, kind of saw what they did and, and I, I've always been even before you know when I was in the corporate world I've always been very fascinated by sex work right even when I was a kid I always thought like wow to be so hot that people want to pay you to be with you like that is so alluring to me so I uh I became friends with that girl that used to work for me obviously now that i didn't work for the company i could kind of like be real and, and and you know connect and i connected with her and you know she was very open after you know obviously after i wasn't her boss anymore she told me that she was an escort uh -huh. she's like you should do it and i talked about it and i'm like you know what i should so i decided to get a second phone and take professional pictures and the rest was history yeah is there like a misconception with people with two phones? Because <laughs> I have two phones. Uh, I have had, two, well, you know, I have always had two phones. Since I was 18, I've had two phones because of my work in the corporate world. I've had to have two phones. So, mm -hmm. I mean, I've had two phones for like 15, jeez, for like 15 years. It would be weird just having one. Uh, but I guess, you know, some people say one's your party phone and one's your work phone or home phone or whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know. It, my my partner and I went to go see some friends and I had both of my phones and obviously one's a work phone and then one's like just like my personal phone. Yeah. And so I have all like my work stuff on one phone and like that's like social media and everything because like when I turn it off, like it, everything is off and it's just like I just focus on friends and family like on one phone and his friends were like, what does he do? Like, what is he doing? Like he has two phones like. And what did, what did your partner say? He goes, have you followed him? Have you seen his work? Have you seen, he does work. He does do stuff everywhere. So like he has two phones for a reason. And so like, they're like, oh, okay, well that makes sense. But like immediately I went to that, like oh, he has two phones. Oh, he must be a hoe. Well, he's a drug dealer or yeah. he's an escort. Mm -hmm. no. Why does it gotta be bad? <laughs> yeah, right. It's, yeah. It, it's, I don't know. Cause it's always been, it, it's, that's the misconception of having two phones, but um, I'm a professional. I need my work phone and my personal phone. I don't like to mix the two because also my work phone, my, my numbers plastered all over the internet. Like you, you think I would use my real number? Yeah. <laughs>
from going into this profession, has it affect your personal relationships, friends, family, maybe even companionship? <laughs> That's a tough question. Um, not a tough question, but that is a, a very heavy question. Is it too real? Um, what, like, is it? Well, no, because it's, it's, it's very multi-layered. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as, fa- I'll start with family, friends, okay. and then lovers, okay. romance, whatever. My family knows what I do. It's, I've been doing this for two years. Um, it, it, you know, they see that I have like a massage set up in my house. And so they, I think they, you know, just throughout the years with the traveling and the, the pictures that they've seen, like the professional pictures and this and that, um, they, they know. Um, some of them know directly because of a situation that I, I was I guess ex- my uh, my work content was exposed to them, um, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. So some of them know directly because they've seen my advertisements on the internet, yeah. um, and some of them just kind of figured it. But it's kind of like a don't ask, don't tell. I yeah. think they know that I am, you know, my social media presence and my work presence are two different people, and the person I am with my family and my friends is a completely different person than anything you see online. Um, So they respect that, they understand that, and they don't bring up anything that's work-related to me because they know that that's, I'm not going to go there. That's a different person. That's a different name. That's a different life. And I'm here being my genuine true self with my friends and my family. So my family, out of respect, I think they just don't, they don't bring it up. The only time they bring it up is, is when they're when someone's approached them about it yeah so that's terrible um, yeah so that was family and friends uh my friends my friends know what i do they support me they don't care you know like they're good um but throughout the years the biggest thing was when i transitioned to going from the corporate world to going into sex work that's when i noticed some personalities around me changed Um, One of my bestest friends who knew me when I was in the corporate world and then when I transitioned to sex work, no longer was interested in being my friend. Wow. Yeah. And this is something that I still, I mean, I accepted it, but it's always left a bittersweet feeling in my heart because we were just like brothers. And I think that when he saw that, wow, like, this guy just left the corporate world and started escorting. And now he's make, you know, now he's like super successful. And he saw that like, you know, I had a new car, knew this, knew that like everything just was like, as soon as I started, it was like, bam, like I was busy. I was like, wow, I, I, that was like a phenomenon for me. I'm like, wow, like I have something people want, you know, I've tapped into something and I bring something different than what these other boys at the time have. So I think I don't I wouldn't call it jealousy, but I think that he just kind of didn't relate to me anymore and didn't want to be my friend based off of my work. So that really hurt my feelings. But other than that, all my friends know what I do, but they don't we don't talk about my work because but that's so fucked up though like you have friends for a reason to like you surround yourself bring you up and to make you feel good about yourself and to share your personal like life experiences with and then somebody just you know judges you based on something that you do it's that's that's really sad i i think it all comes down to I, i i always ended up having this thought in my head was he really my friend yeah you know, we after that many years and and to just um, discard me like that, am I really, like it just became weird be, between me and him. him. So um, it was a lesson for me. I think that um, it just kind of made me more guarded with what I do with people, with, with telling people what I do. And quite frankly, I am in a very discreet world. You know, most of my clients, 90% of my clients are completely discreet. So I kind of respect that discretion with like, I'm not just going to have a conversation about my work with people. That's not something I do because my people that I work with are discreet. What I do is discreet. I create that safe, discreet, private environment. So um, as far as like 
talking to my friends, hey, I did like every day, oh, this, this happened or that, that happened. I don't really do that. I mean, I could talk about it, but I don't go into specifics. Does that make sense? So mm -hmm. as far as my friends, um, the, my friends know and, and, and love me and that's not an issue, but throughout the years, I have noticed some judgment, especially in the gay community. That's another thing. Really? Yeah, absolutely. 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 Not so much now because people now they look at sex workers like celebrities now. <laughs> so it's different. It's like, oh wow, you do OnlyFans or oh wow, you do, you know, now it's it's glamorized. Uh, but it wasn't always that way. That's so um, funny. I, yeah, I I you'd be surprised throughout the years how many people, oh he's a prostitute he's a prostitute he's a prostitute you know i if i had a penny for how many times i've, I've heard that i'm like yeah and yeah. i've had to go into instagram and block whore hooker prostitute this that like yeah. all the degrading names because that's you know when they want to bring you down the first thing they want to call you is is you know a hooker or a prostitute whatever and but you know i've heard i've heard that so many times i'm numb to it so yeah. call me whatever you want i don't care you know, I'm living my life happily and you're over there being bitter for a reason. So um, I think jealousy is a factor. You know, it's it looks what I do looks very glamorous on the outside. Do I think it's glamorous? No. It's work. It's hard work. Um, but it looks glamorous because I'm my own boss. I can do my own thing. I make a great living. Um, but it's hard work because you're dealing with people in a very raw uh state and you have to be tough that's why i've lasted this long now lovers that's a very complicated answer mm. i've been in relationships while being an escort it's very difficult yeah um difficult because it has a lot of challenges i'm very upfront with you know lovers obviously they're gonna know what i do and if i'm in that capacity I'm 100% open and honest and direct right from the beginning. Hey, this is what I do. This is what I have been doing. Is this something that I'm going to be doing in five years? No, but this is where I'm at. Either you accept me or you don't. This is the reality of my work. This is what I do. This is what I don't do. And if they're even two, three percent not okay with it, I'm like, okay, this isn't going to work. Have I been with people that say they're okay with it? And then later on, once they see the reality of my work, then they kind of like start having issues. Yes. So uh, it's hard. It's hard being in a relationship with somebody and they, unless they've done the work themselves, they will never know what it entails. And they will always have a perception of what it is like to do what I do. But it's unless I always tell people, unless you've walked a day in my shoes and have done the work that I've done, then you'll never understand it. Does that make sense? Yeah, exactly. Because and they have no idea like how, you know, that makes you feel is projected onto the how they may judge you. And that's wow. that, that's 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 really sad, too. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't be sorry. Well, I mean, let me that's just like, you know the 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 dark side of it but I, I mean i have been in a long-term relationship while doing this and with with somebody that is like so you know with an individual who wasn't in sex work he had like a normal job and um it had a lot of challenges because at the end of the day no matter how much they say they accept what you do and they support you or they don't judge you that's going to be challenged every single day. The moment you, the moment you have to walk away and say, Hey, I got to go work. I'll be right back. Mm -hmm. That kind of creates this space of like uncertainty, insecurity, jealousy. And, um, I was in a relationship with somebody that wasn't in sex work. Um, and then I had a second relationship with somebody that was in sex work. Okay. And the challenges were still the same. Wow. Felt like a competition. Yeah, I think for him, he might have there the when I was with in a relationship with somebody that was a sex worker, there was a level of of I I felt like maybe competition a little bit. 
I think he saw the way that I worked and the attention that I garnered and the clientele that I had. And I think that that was for him, it, it made him feel insecure. So um, I think that kind of added a, a strain to our relationship is that, is that, you know, he saw that I, I simply got more work than he did. So there, that was one factor. Another factor was, you know, jealousy. Um, he became jealous that I, you know, of me with my clients and that I didn't understand because I'm like, okay, well, you have clients too. You understand this work. Um, why do you have an issue with it? Um, but, uh, I've just come to the conclusion that it's just being in this industry and, and trying to have a relationship is just not going to work. It's just not. And I'm not going to sit here and try to prove myself to a guy. Hey, love me. I'm, I'm an escort, but please love me anyways. You know, like I, I'm not going to lower my standards for anybody or need or have to sit there and justify my work or who I am. So I think it's just best that I'm single. And I'm okay with that. Being single is great. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Have you ever felt shame or felt like you've been treated differently because of this? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I wish we could live in a world where, in, or be in a society where, you know, if I show up to a party and everyone shows up, oh, what do you do? You know, that's like the, I hate that question. Oh, what do you do? You know, I always feel like I've what, never. What do you usually say? This is, a, this is a good answer. Well, first, let me talk about like the, that kind of encounter. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you go to a party and that, that's like one of the first things people ask you. And I feel like it's mostly just it's kind of like a social status question. Like, mm -hmm. how successful are you? Or how do you make your money or nosy? I've always hated those questions and I never ask people ever what they do unless they're my client because they already know what I do. So yeah. I, it's a great conversation to get into their world. I give a very vague answer. Um, I either say, well, I am a licensed massage therapist. So I do say I'm a massage therapist, but then people want massages and I'm like, no, I don't want to know the kind of massages I give her. <laughs> I, you know, triple the price of what you you know of, of what you think of, of the kind of massages you've gotten in it are not the same right <laughs> so uh i don't know i i have i kind of give a vague answer i'm i'm a therapist or a consultant or you know i, I kind of give answers of like kind of like what my work entails without actually tell them telling them my job title does that make sense yeah i saw a TikTok of somebody who said he didn't want to say I what he does. the TikTok of what do you do accounting yeah. <laughs> exactly but it's true though because my cousin that's actually in accounting when i've been with him and he's talking about his job and everything and people ask him like oh what do you do and he says oh i'm an accountant and they're like okay next like they just completely turn off like once people find out about like accounting nobody wants to talk about numbers I know, I know, honestly, like that, that I felt that way. So I've, I've given very boring answers. Sometimes I wish I'd say, oh, I, I work at McDonald's, you know, like that, <laughs> I work at Target. Um, yeah, I, I wish we lived in a world where it wasn't that way, but it is because, you know, it's a very judgmental world out there. And I have, I have been shamed. Um, I have been put in situations to feel less than social situations to feel less than yeah. for what I do. Um, that's changed because I'm more secure with myself. So even if someone were to try to shame me, I'm not ashamed <laughs> now. But throughout the years, I have. It, it comes with the territory. I think you're incredibly strong for going through all this abuse, essentially, and yeah. being able to just be so still grounded and so strong-willed that, you know, you're not you know, damage from all this, you know, ridicule and abuse that you've gone through. <laughs> That's interesting. You bring that up that I, I've seen a lot of, I've seen a lot of guys go downhill being in this industry. I've seen a lot of guys resort to drugs. Yeah. In a lot of guys resort to a lot of, you know, a lot of dark things. And I think that partly eight, you have to know who you are. 
you have to find an outlet out that's completely outside of your work. You have to know how to separate your work life. Remember I told you when I'm that other person, when I'm working with the, the other phone number, the other name, I'm that person. But when I'm not working, I'm a completely different person. I keep it, I keep the worlds too completely separate. That's for my sanity, uh, as well as I need to be able to recharge. But I've seen a lot of people that haven't been able to separate the fantasy from the reality and they yeah. get lost in the fantasy or it gets into their head. And uh and they go, it's a spiral downward. It, 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 it's all downhill for, for them from that. So um, I stay away from drugs. I don't do drugs. I, um, I stay away from people that are not safe. I've created my own little bubble to stay mentally sane. And I've put a lot of work into, you know, uh, my mental health. I've done plant medicine. I've done, you know, I have a therapist. So I've invested a lot of time and effort into uh, my mental health just so I can stay healthy. Yeah, that's, that's most important, though, especially yeah. in the field of work. Yeah, it's not for everyone. And it, it looks really shiny and glamorous on the outside. But, you know, I always tell people like, you know, I, I've, I've been blessed to like, you know, I've, I've seen as a mentor to a lot of a lot of people that are up and coming or have been in this industry, or a lot of people got in this industry because of me and have wanted my guidance or look up to me or, you know, whatever. And I always I always tell everyone, hey, if you're doing this for the money, find a different job, find a different job because you have to work. Money should not be your motivating factor in doing this because you're going to overlook all the other things that you need to do in order to make that money. Mm -hmm. And you, you know, you're going to be in for a surprise going out there, um, dealing with people. Like if you want to make the big bucks, you really have to, um, put in the work. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I've, I've, you know, I, I, I never thought about it till you just said, wow, you've endured a lot of abuse. And I'm like, I just now I was like, wow, I, I have, but I've had to be strong and yeah. what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. I've had to, you know, find the tools to be able to navigate doing this. Yeah. In a way, it, it, you have a passion for what you do because yeah. in order to put that much work ethic into it, you have to have some level of com compassion and passion to yeah. make these things happen. Yeah, and you know what? You, that, that's another important factor. I think I've also lasted this long because I, I have a simple mentality with what I do, and it's the attitude of gratitude. And I tell this to all my clients because sometimes clients are intimidated or you know they're how you know you're such a gorgeous man and you're so chiseled I'm not like you or I'm not like that so don't judge me you know sometimes clients are so afraid that they're going to be judged and of course that's like so far from you know I tell people like I accept you just the way you are you know I don't judge you any shape color form gender well not gender I, I only see men but like gender expression Mm -hmm. um it's okay and every time i get called to an appointment or i see a client i walk into that door with this mentality of gratitude knowing that it's because of you know these are the people that support my lifestyle support my livelihood that make it possible for me to have lasted this long and been successful so i am so grateful and happy when I walk through that door, yeah. I have that energy with me. You know, I don't care what you look like. As long as you're kind, you're respectful, I'm happy to be there. I'm, I'm especially with knowing that they could have um, chosen anybody on the, the thousands of guys to choose from. And they chose me. I am ecstatic. So I, even this many years later, I still walk into all my appointments happy and cheery and excited to be there. And I think that's why people like me, I think. <laughs> Do you feel like sex work and OnlyFans go hand in hand? Like, since like with this huge uproar? I, mean, I feel like it's a side hustle. I feel like it's a great side hustle to have for some people. The more effort you put it, well, obviously the more of a social media presence you have, the more successful you're gonna be. 
but yeah. it's, it's so funny to me like all these people i'm gonna start an only i'm like what does your social media look like oh i have you know 30 followers i'm like work on your social media presence first before because they think that like they're going to open an OnlyFans and they're going to make all this money and I'm like no baby it doesn't work that way you I'm trying to advertise have, on something yeah you you gotta have you gotta have some type of an online presence where people actually want to pay to see you yeah. not just pop up with an OnlyFans thinking you're going to make all this money no I mean I didn't start doing OnlyFans so like eight years into be, doing sex work and you know so yes, they go hand in hand. I, I think it's a great, I think if you're a, an escort or a sex worker, I think it's a great tool to have on the side, but it's, it's, it's a side hustle. You got to film, you got to be consistent with posting and you got to do all this stuff, but it's great income. So when you're not doing your escorting, you have the money coming in from your OnlyFans. Yeah. Do you have anyone who helped you get into this career or like, was yes, there any I do. Yes, going back to my employee, she helped me. She took my first pictures. She gave me advice and I watched her. We worked together, we traveled together and I kind of learned through other people and I've also learned through uh, trial and error. Mm -hmm. So yeah, she was my guide. So has there been any bad experience or anything that freaked you the fuck out? Yeah. I had a stalker. Wow. A few years. Um, that was, oof. Talk about abuse and talk about trauma. That was traumatic. That was uh, very stressful for me. Yeah. Uh, just to kind of give you a backstory, um, there was an there was an individual who contacted me a few years back, um, and he sat. Interestingly enough, this guy was also a sex worker, and so he contacted me. Kind of wanted to, I think he wanted to hook up or want to have sex, and I was just like, oh, you know, I I, I just wasn't into it, but I wasn't rude or anything about it. But I just kind of like just didn't want to talk to him i was like no i wasn't into it so i wasn't kind of following through following up with like his request for wanting to have sex so he became really bitter about it and he stalked me on social media at the time when i had a facebook he found me on facebook he contacted found my mom family members whatever and he sent them messages saying, oh, do you know your uncle or your, your son or whatever is a whore selling the, you know, his ass and dick on the internet? Here's the pictures. Just want to let you know. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Um, so that was, that was one incident. And he's, this per that, you know, to a degree, like, in a way, he did that. And I was surprised at my family members' reactions because I was like, are you okay? Why is this guy bothering you? It wasn't like, oh my God, you're doing this on the internet. It was like a, what's the situation with this fool? Yeah. So that was surprising to see. It was humiliating for me, humiliating to, to have my family members see pictures of my, you know, my privates and whatever. And yeah. then have that conversation was tough. And um, it sucks was because you can't you know like press charges or like go uh, like against him or anything like that because you know like what this is is you know it's still like legal Crossman. well that, later i came to find out that he was also doing this with other escorts wow yeah he was just i mean this is somebody that you know just uh obviously suffers from some type of a mental illness to be able to do this i mean it was sociopathic to really go out of your way to i mean contact my mother multiple times wow. she doesn't answer you like what what do you what do you try and then trying to go find my extended family members to this day there's family members that I, I know that have seen my stuff because of this individual and I think for other embarrassment they haven't brought it up so that's one factor I had another stalker who uh this was the one that really shook me this was probably like maybe two years into doing what I do 
um, a very weird individual got on the phone with me and recorded my conversation and then sent it back to me. It, it was really weird because he sent it back to my phone, a record, like he sent me, he sent me a recording of it. And I was like, this is weird. And uh, I declined to see him as a client. And so apparently this guy was some type of a, a engineer, like telemark telemarketing engineer, so that he knew how to build software. So he hacked into my work phone. He created a bot that would call my number over and over and over, wow. and over and through different um, numbers that were not valid. And it would call and it would leave like this crippling, like, like, you know that song, Call Me from Blondie? Call me anytime. Yeah, yeah. Call me, call me. So on my voicemail, it would be that. He hacked into my voicemail so he could hear everything through my voicemail. How do you hack into uh, your voicemail? He built software. I, I went through and through over with on this with AT&T at the time, or was it Sprint? And um, I got really clever back. I... Uh, I got this app that blocked all number, you know, that, that blocked these calls. So it automatically blocked all his calls. And so he would get even more creative. And I, it was just this game of me finding software to, you know, trying to si silence his, you know, calls. I mean, it was like, at one point I couldn't work. I just turned off my phone because it, the harassment, these calls were like on the minute, every minute, on the minute, every minute. And I, it was blocking me from getting work calls. So uh, now technology is different. You can't do that. But a couple of years ago, it's like with adware and these, these bots that people can, you know, through the, through their computer, they can set up bots that, you know, harass your phone. And of course I couldn't change my phone number. It's a public number. Mm -hmm. So there was no point in changing my number. And, uh, what happened with him? I think he just got tired of me. <laughs> but actually, what what stopped it was um, AT and T did an investigation, and they realized that he had I think it's called firewall. He had hacked into their um, firewall. So, so he had hacked. He had hacked through the Sprint the AT&T security system, which is actually illegal. So mm -hmm. he committed a crime. So once he did that, that silenced him. I don't know what they did on their end, but after an investigation, they had, if he can break into their, I think they call it a firewall, whatever, um, that means he can break into anyone's phone. And when they saw that he had the capacity to do that, they were like, they couldn't tell me what they were going to do, but all I know is that those phone calls stopped that my phone was not hacked anymore. So I think that, uh, they took legal action against them because, um, if you hack into someone's phone, you're essentially breaking the law because you're hacking through the carrier. Yeah. So, you know, they saw that he had done that. So that was one issue that was really stressful for me. Um, you know, I, I think that there, yeah, you are susceptible to crazy things like that because um, you're out in the open, you're vulnerable, you're you're on the internet, and you never know there are there is danger out there. You never know who you're going to run into. You never know who is going to become obsessed with you or what their, you know, mental health is and what they're capable of and. You know, thank God I, I, I've been safe throughout these years. I, I know how to navigate. I know how to, I'm a very good judge of character. I know how I've been in situations where I've, you know, been able to get myself out of just because of just street smarts. But yeah, you are susceptible to all this kind of, and that's why I say it's not as glamorous as it looks. Like you have to know how to deal with these kind of people. Yeah. Because you're you're out there, you're vulnerable. You have no idea what someone else is, is capable of doing. In situations like that, do you have anything that can protect yourself, or do you have like, do you believe in like protections of yourself, like weapons or anything like that? 
because like I I know me like when I was like younger I used to in my backpack I used to carry a taser and in case I ever needed it I had it with me yeah um I'm a pretty big guy (laughs) I think in person people don't try it with me because they know that like I can I can physically tackle most people so I I, I've in person people are like a mouse when they meet me they know like there's I they don't try it with me but as far as weapons like I screen like I have a way that I screen my clientele so yeah I do a lot of screening beforehand so by the time they walk through that door I already know and this is actually a lot of them don't know this but I already know their address I know where they work I know what they do I know a lot of things about them just because I've gotten very clever with looking people up. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, I don't accept calls from app numbers. You have to use your, there's a whole protocol that I have on when people contact me, you know, not, not anyone can see me. I'm exclusive. You, I have to be able to screen you and have information on you, like basic information where you live, um, even who your spouse is. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Just in case. So with all this negativity, is there at least like a happy moment or a most There's memorable many. moment? We've sp- well, I, I... <laughs> all we hear is about the trauma. <laughs> well, you've asked me about the trauma. <laughs> asked me about the good things. Um actually I got a text message from a client uh-huh. who um sent me the most beautiful text message and I, and and I thought to this like wow this is really what it's about um he said I just wanted to say how much of a great time I had my confidence was at a low point and all my expectations were exceeded and more it meant more to me than you know plan to be in touch in the next month have a good night so these little traumas or whatever that's maybe a small hair of of, of little stuff that I've, I've i've run into in the past 10 years other than that i what i do carries a lot of weight with people i touch people in <laughs> aside from touching them but <laughs> our, our our um this experience is so special and so intimate and so important for a lot of people i provide a very important service to people and i'm so thankful for the clientele that i have the people that i've gotten you know that i've learned from that i have met that i have changed their lives um yeah every job has its downside and like even with yours there's going to be experiences that you know that you've had probably in your work that are abusive or traumatic we all do but overall the good outweighs the bad you know i love what i do i'm good at what i do i have clientele that has been with me for years all throughout the nation Mm -hmm. i can go into a city and i'm booked instantly so i'm very lucky to uh have you know to attract wonderful clients i for the most part i have i've met so many wonderful people in this industry people that respect me people that um have just been with me and supported me for all these years so um i think that you know i talk about the trauma and the abuse because it's a reality it's it's a reality that people don't know about that's why it's important you know when they say protect sex workers this is one of the main reasons we are susceptible yes. to this kind of craziness yeah but um it comes with the territory i have no regrets what you know it's it's made me stronger it's made me more efficient i've had to learn to to like i said for my safety to really screen people to really be able to be selective with who I meet and I have the luxury to do that I'm honored to say that I've been a first for many many people uh, have had their first time encounters with me Mm. I've created that experience for them I have helped people come to grips with their sexuality I have helped people with their self-confidence I have advised people and been you know, a source of inspiration and motivation. 
So what I do also, you know, bears a lot of positive weight, you know, that makes me proud and, and happy. Like, for instance, that was just the other day, you know, I, it's, it's feedback like that, that really makes me feel good. Um, but yeah, there is a lot of, it's a very controversial field. It is. Yeah. Society, you know, like, so what society thinks you do is so different than what you actually do. And, and, um, but I think we're in a place right now where, um, sex workers are being respected, accepted, um, and even glamorized, which is, you know, funny to me, but, um, it's, it's, it's better than the alternative. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it looks like we're getting moving all as like, you know, everyone is moving into a direction where these are actual working professionals. Yeah. And I tell people like you, you know, you're, this is a service industry. You have to, uh, you have to understand that you have to be able to understand the expectations that, that people are going to have of you. It's not just, you know, show up and take your clothes off. No, it's, it's much more than that. And it's psychologically, mentally, you have to be strong, mm -hmm. um, you know, because you're dealing with energy exchange all yeah. the time. You have to be a source of, of positive energy for people to feed onto that, you know, because a lot of times these people are starved and, you know, in, in one aspect of their life or another, and that, that they're seeking um, your service out. You mentioned too, like when you said you go to city to city, you're instantly booked. Like, how do you advertise or where is that? I have a website okay. that I'm on. And so people go on the websites and they, um, they find the provider that they want and they book you. Or I also have like my, you know, my client list. So when I'm in a city that I know that a client lives in, I, you know, I let them know that I'm coming and I arrange it and it happens. Uh, people book me in advance uh, with deposits and I make it happen. So has the global pandemic changed things for you? Because there was no relief. Better. There was no relief for me. There was Better. no relief for me because like, I'm, you know, like a, like a, my own entity and whatnot too. So uh, like, I can only imagine for yourself. It was op the opposite. People really? Were, yeah. Yeah. It, people were like, bored and wanted to get out i mean i know this is going to sound so politically incorrect and oh my god you should have stayed in there i was working i was traveling i was busy as ever god i want that pandemic to come back <laughs> it didn't affect my business at all and oh, okay. um, i was safe and i was precautious and uh, you know i never have gotten covid I've gotten tested billions and millions and millions of times Mm -hmm. um i don't even have and i even got an antibody test too i thought at some i'm like maybe i had it and i didn't know and i have antibodies to it because it's i would get calls from people like you know like a friend or whatever hey we were hung out yesterday but i have covid or my mom had covid and i took care of her or this person that person never had it once um but i was you know i have a very strong immune system i never yeah. get as it is i followed all the precautions and um I was safe. I was busier than ever, you know, like, yeah, they were telling people to, you know, to quarantine or whatever, but that didn't stop people. They were, you know, bored and, um, wanted companionship. And I think just in my industry in general, like it, it was booming during the pandemic. No, it's like back to normal, but you know, that's good. That, that's I'm, not, I'm glad it worked out for you. That's not the answer you you're expecting to hear, huh? No, like it wasn't what I was looking to hear, but I'm glad that you know you were able to still be you know in business. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, some people, a lot, some people were opposed to it. They're like, you should be quarantining. I'm like, baby, I got bills to pay. Yeah. If I don't work, I don't get paid. So what did you do? Cause you're like a, you know, a freelancer yeah. basically like me. Well, I was, I was having the time of my life, March, 2020, and I was booked for months in and I lost, basically lost all those bookings because, you know, I had to um, postpone them. They later got canceled because we didn't know when we we're going to get out of it. 
and I lost a studio and it was it it was just like a like I I had like the 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 worst part of it and as many times as I tried to apply for like the like the unemployment and stuff like that they kept giving me the runaround saying that I didn't check this box when I filed my license and I didn't check this and I didn't put this in in, in properly. So I didn't, you know, I didn't know something like this was ever going to happen. So I didn't prepare for that. Luckily I was, I was fairly smart with with my money and I was able to like have like a nice padding for a a good, you know, like portion of the year that that we lost, but it was, you know, it, it it was really hard not seeing anything coming in. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad things have uh, gotten back to normal. That was that was a crazy time. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm glad you got some work. <laughs> <laughs> okay, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take a little nap and we'll be right back. Hey, bitches, it's Black Friday at the Jono Shop. Pre-order is available now for my sixth installment to the Book of Jono series titled Solid Autonomy. And I'm introducing the Jono gift card available for Jono photography services that don't expire. Jabber listeners get an extended bonus percentage off at checkout using promo code J-A-B-B-R at checkout. Happy holidays. Welcome back. And we're going to finish this off with another segment that we have is the stigma of sex work. We need to legalize sex work because, you know, it it is work at the end of it. And there's a huge movement going on right now, and it's the decriminalization of sex workers. Um, Have you heard about it? Are you involved? Of course. Yeah, I've, I've, I've been keeping up with it somewhat. And July 1st of 2020, Governor Gavin Newsom signed a bill that repeal any anti-loitering law, which is moving in the direction of full decriminalization of sex work in California. I mean, if California isn't the golden state for a reason, I mean, honey, you're not in California, though, right? No, but it would be great to implicate that where I'm at. Maybe you should move. Maybe, maybe <laughs> the weather's nice there. I hear. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's you can literally go into the snow and then go to the beach in, all in the same day. Yeah, just for different counties, huh? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. And how would you feel like it would benefit you and your community? So I I go back and forth to be honest with you. Uh-huh. Um, obviously from the the experiences that I've had, it would protect me as you know, it would protect me from um, criminal acts <laughs> like the hacking and, and the stalking and, and you know, whatever um, that would detour people from wanting to mess, mess with uh, someone in my situation. And mind you, in those 10 years, I've had those two incidents, so I, I can't complain too bad. But also sometimes I think that, you know, for forbidden fruit is often sweeter when you're kind of dealing in a, um, when you're working in an industry where um, it's forbidden and it's kind of dangerous, there adds a little lure. People are lured by that. You know, they almost are tempted to want to do it even more. Does that make sense? Yeah. But I think too, in a way, you if there wasn't, you know. If it, it's illegal, because it makes it more exclusive when it's illegal. <laughs> if it was legalized, you would have, yeah. you know, like maybe even more clientele, even bigger money coming in because of it. You know? Yeah. I mean, I haven't thought of it that way because I've never, you know, struggled, but I... Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, for, I, I think what it would do, it would take away the fear that people have of yeah. hiring, because there is a lot of fear that it, that's entailed with, you know, uh, approaching an escort, trying to hire an escort, because it's, it's illegal. So on, on the client's end, it would relieve a lot of that. It would take away the stigma. I think, um, I think the biggest stigma people have that they're ashamed to, aside from the fact that it's illegal, they're ashamed to talk about hiring is because they think that it looks, it makes them look less than, you know what I mean? It makes them look, uh, they're afraid of how that looks to society. 
that's why it's always done privately because nobody wants to ever admit that they have hired a companion or an escort, you know, which it's not anyone's business anyway. So I think it would, maybe you're right. It would open people up to, it would open a, a stream of clientele that maybe was too afraid or wasn't there before. Yeah. Uh, but also on my end, now everybody wants to be a sex worker. <laughs> well, everybody is now with now them. I gotta, you know, now I gotta deal with all these little 20 year olds that like, you know, that I'm you know, that that wanna do what I do, <laughs> you know, but it's it's fine because you know, they can't do what I do because I have the 10 years of experience behind me. Yeah. Um, but <clears throat> yeah, I think it's good. I I I'm I'm for it because it'll also take away you know I'm, I'm very like I said I am so diligent with my screening partly to avoid you know people that are dangerous or and also to avoid law enforcement I know how to go around that so that would kind of take away the stress of that for me for sure I think in all I'm I'm for it sometimes I like to think like is this really you know is decriminalizing really a good thing or a bad thing but I think in general, it would be great. Yeah, I'm here for it. Yeah, but I do think it will oversaturate the market a little bit, personally. But I guess that you know, like before, before weed was legal, there was like you know, few people that would take the risk to actually sell it, and they're, uh-huh. you know, they were making bank, and now there's a dispensary everywhere. So now yeah. the market is saturated. So I do think about market saturation. Because on the clients and there's more clients, but then there's also going to be more providers. Yeah. So, and it's not like doing this work is not something they teach you in school. Yeah. So there's, it's, there's a lot of guys out there that do what I do that don't know what they're doing and create, you know, bad experiences for clients. And then clients have, you know, come into this very jaded and very scared. So you have to kind of like, okay, whatever happened to you with that person is whatever happened to you there. I'm different. This, this is my reputation on the internet. You've seen it. Like, let's, let's, let's start with a fresh palette, you know, a new, a new start. So, um, yeah, if anything, they should teach, uh, sex work 101. (laughs) That'd be great. But then if it did become saturated, do you think like your rate will go down or do you think something like that will affect your I, to, to me, I'm at the end of my career. You know, I am working on, you know, my transition. So I might not be on the internet in three years. You know, so it why, doesn't... Why is that? Because I... I'm ready for a change. It's been an industry that's been very good to me. But I feel like as I... As I get older, there's other things that I want to do other, you know, I need a challenge and this has been great, but I uh, want to bring my talent. I want to be able to showcase my talents in a different capacity. That's all. Okay. Plus it's, it's, you know, it, this industry is hard. It's really hard and I've done well, but I'm ready for a change. Okay. That's good, though. It shows your evolution. Yeah. No. No. I love that. Very Madonna of you. (laughs) Yeah, right? That's true. I'm really excited to kind of put this information out there so people can really understand that, you know, that behind the work, I'm a human. Yeah. That makes sense. Like, that's having human experiences. And, um, I don't think they always know the, and that's why it kind of goes hand in hand with decriminalizing sex work because they don't realize the struggles that someone like me has had um, as a direct impact of my work being criminalized. Like the the scenarios that I explained to you before, but all in all, we're headed in a right direction. Um, And uh, I'm excited to see what the next few years will bring with this movement yeah me too so is you know i don't even know i don't even know if i should ask you this question is there anything you want to plug like no pun intended just because like you know we're trying to protect your identity here yeah mm, no i don't have anything to plug. 
<laughs> support your local sex worker. Yeah. <laughs> support um support your local sex worker. That's important. Don't be afraid of it. Um there's lots of great people out there, lots of great providers out there. Um so reach out. Don't be ashamed. Don't be afraid. Yeah. Do your research too. You know? Yeah, definitely. There's you know, compared to what it where we were 10 years ago, even there's a lot more resources and information that is out there, you know, like how to protect yourself. You know, we have like a different uh, view of the world now and we're coming into changing things legally and, you know, coming to that realization. I, I feel like we're, we're, we're making progress slowly, yeah. but surely we're making progress. For sure. Yeah, we are. I mean, just in, from just from 10 years ago to now, I think, um, just on social media, I, I think that there's more, like I mentioned before, there's a level of respect that comes towards sex workers now that that, that there wasn't before. So um, that feels good for sure. Um, so I'm just excited to see where that goes. Yeah, me too. Well, thank you so much, Javier, for coming on. And thank you for sharing your experiences, your information and, you know, we're grateful for it. Of course. Uh, well, thank you for um, giving me this platform to to share and be open. Thank I you. hope this helps. <laughs> it will. Okay, everybody, have a good night and talk to you soon. Perfect. <laughs> this is Jabber Podcast, executive produced by John Madison. If you have a question, comment, topic, or story you want to share, we want to hear it. Email jabbrpod at gmail.com or send us a DM on Instagram or Twitter at jabberpod. This podcast is intended for entertainment purposes only. Stories and mentions are not meant to hurt anyone or their subtitle parties. Intro and outro, LA Step by We. <laughs>